Bill say no to know what's going on in Austin. She's been a big advocate uh, for us in Austin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wish there were 40,000 more of her sitting in the gallery and causing a little bit of concern among our legislators. We appreciate her for being there. And and uh, Carol was also the PCEA's Librarian of the Year last year. So we've got a celebrity in our midst. Runner-up. No, you weren't. Were you runner-up? Nonetheless, we were winner in our view. She uh, is a uh, high school library at Westlake High School in And it is a wonderful library. She is gracious to give you tours. Her library is based on the idea of learning commons, which is what we're trying to migrate to in our library. And she's a, she's a prime example of that. So we get Austin, take a detour to the west side of Austin and this is Carolyn. She's got some really good ideas. Carolyn, take it away. She's going to talk about ebooks today. Okay. Um, and you have a little code on your desk, so I want to explain that first. Um, all my workshop materials are on uh, a wiki that I have, or a lot of my workshop materials. And uh, Jane, do you know what a QR code is? I know Sharon's doing a session on that later today. You can download an app to your phone or your iPad or your uh, Android phone, and you can actually uh, you open the app and you scan this, and it takes you to my website. So you don't have to write down the whole address of it. But if you want to write down the address, it is eisdworkshops.wikispaces.com. And on the sidebar are a lot of different workshops that I've done in our district, which you're welcome to look through. And this is a condensed version of one I've done in our district on. So it's called Oodles of Ebooks. If you're trying to find it, it's under O for Oodles, <laughs> which confuses everybody. So um, I have a video that we're going to start with. I have Hopefully there's speakers here, I'm sure there are, um, which reminds me of what is going on in the ebook world. It's a video from the movie Anchorman, which is one of my favorites. Have you seen Anchorman? It's a little off color. It's a Will Ferrell movie. Um, there's a little inappropriate uh, language in here, so I'm just going to show a little clip, but if you're going to be offended, then uh, please cover your ears or something. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but the point is, the ebook market is evolving very rapidly and coming at us from lots of different directions. And the vendors are all battling out and trying to figure out what to do. And as librarians, we're caught in the middle of all that, uh, trying to figure out what's, how do we fit into that model and how can we offer delivery of ebooks. And so the video is a great representation of that. Maybe seen this movie, should I set it up? Okay, anchor, in Anchorman, Will Ferrell plays a 1970s leisure suit anchorman and who's competing with several other channels in his town. And a woman anchorman is brought in and it's really causing 
a lot of difficulty for them accepting the woman anchorment because they're all very chauvinistic. And, um, but they're also having ratings battles <coughs> with the other channels. And so uh, this is a fight out between all the different news channels. Oh, there is no sound. They're right there. Oh, 
his pain fixing a brick from his flesh drive to kick some ass. <laughs> no commercials! No right now, if you've been looking at them at all or talking any of your book vendors at all, that's what it's like. Every time you think you have a decision made, another team shows up and they're all battling it out and here you are caught in the in the middle of it. And as he says at the end of that clip, there's no rules. So that's what it feels like to me as a librarian. So um, we just have a brief time to spend the day, but I want to go over some of the options. Um, as I see it for schools and ways you can get involved and your decisions are very much based on your local situation. <coughs> my school's looking at some iPad rollout so it's going to affect my decisions um, but you may have laptop cards or you may have a lot of computers in your library or iPads or whatever. Um, or you may just have the computers that you have in the library or that students have at their home. So you're just trying to deliver it to them at home. So what you end up doing really depends on what your purpose is and how your library and your school is, is set up. Um, so there's a number of ways to go. Um, popularly requested books. Students have a permission form that they sign if they want to be able to use the Kindle and check it out. We check out calculators too, so you know we have a form for that. Um, just letting their parents know that if they lost it, they would have to pay hundred and X number of dollars. Um, and then we give them a one or two week checkout. If they need a particular book for class, they can request that on the form and then I can download it. So it is nice because it's on the fly purchasing. If a student really wants a book and we don't have it, we could check, put it on the Kindle and check the Kindle out to them. Um, we can get the call out of the class. It can be put on there for free. And um, 
that I can also purchase things that are being asked for constantly and you know electronic version of them. It also gives the teachers an opportunity to try out electronic books and see what they think about. So um, it's you know even on a small scale that's a model that that you could try out and see how it how it works for your students. Um, on a large scale, it's not real practical necessarily because the Kindle is basically an e-reader and it doesn't do a lot of other things currently. Um, so, how many of y'all been doing that? We've done it all this week. I've heard this is Kindle live in only about two years. So far, yeah, so far we haven't had any problem. We had one that's been damaged in the backpack and it was still under warranty and Kindle sent us a brand new one for free. So it's a newer model. So, um, <coughs> the Nook, which I, when we bought our Kindles, it was late last spring, I thought, oh, the, the Barnes & Noble Nook's just a pretender. It won't be around. They're just trying to play catch up. Well, the Nook has come out of the gate flying. Um, it's more compatible because they use Amazon's like uh, Apple. They're using a very proprietary format that only, you know, up until recently that only Amazon used. But the Note was designed to use a format that you could use with a lot of different readers. Um, they've designed, just put out the new Color Nook, which has games on it, web browser on it. It's, you know, nice colors. has read aloud features on it. So, um, so they're really becoming a contender in the field. And if you look at the price of a color nook, it's half the price of an iPad, but yet you can still have some web capabilities as well as having books on them. You know, that's another really interesting device to think about in terms of bringing it into your library for circulation. The regular uh, black and white nook has, uh, <coughs> the new one has a touch screen now. Um, but um, yeah, the top part is the new right, one is right. The bottom one is the old one. Right, the bottom one is the old Nook is, but the brand new one has a full touch screen, which the Kindle doesn't have. So, so there's some advantages to the Nook, possibly over the Kindle. So, if you're looking at devices, really do those comparisons. The Barnes and Noble has their little Nook booth in the store, so you can actually get your hands on them, which is a nice for us librarians to be able to actually play with them. Um, but Target has um, Kindles now also. So, um, but those are the big players in the device market. Um, the iPad, of course, is another um, player that is uh, coming into prominence, obviously. And again, iPads are the expense is an issue for libraries. Um, but I'm, are any of your schools buying iPod Touch cards or iPad cards or even a few iPads for students to use? Okay, so very few, a few of you are. Okay, so that is another model for book delivery. One benefit I see to the iPad for us as librarians. Um, is that it can handle multiple kinds of ebooks. You can use books that you buy for your Kindle or your uh, Nook because it has a Nook app and it has a Kindle app. They have a great uh, Nook for Kids iPad app also. 
Um, so there's a lot of advantages there for being able to use those. And you could use all three. You aren't limited to whichever device you bought. Um, you can use ebooks over the web. So ones that are delivered over the web, as long as they don't use Flash, which the iPad does not utilize Flash, and some of the ebooks do use Flash. But, um, but a lot of free books like Project Gutenberg have many, 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 many free uh, classics like you would use at the high school level, especially. And they can all be accessed over the web. And there's a lot of online book sites that can be accessed over the web. Um, there's apps like the International Children's Digital Library, which I do have on this website. Um, it is an app for the iPad, but it is also a website. So it can be accessed either way. And it has children's books from around the world in all different languages and categories and age groups. Um, so, so the iPad can kind of do both things, so that gives it an advantage. Another thing you could consider in the library is using it like a station, an elementary library. Instead of having it be mobile, you could consider just getting one or two and having it stationary and using it as a station because there's everything under the sun from alphabet practice apps where students can practice, you know, learning their alphabet. Um, to map apps that are free that they can come in and use in the library as a station. You know, if you're doing a story time on, on a animals, you know, birds, there's a free bird identification app. You know, so you could load up different things that related to the lessons you're doing in the library and then have students come in in small groups or however your school works it with the, the younger grades to come in and use those as stations. So it has a lot of flexibility, um, and the student enthusiasm would be very high, so it's very motivational. And that's something where you might be able to get a small grant from Best Buy or your PTO to purchase one or two to be in the library. Um, you could also purchase one for yourself as a librarian. One thing I like to do is use it as a mobile, uh, make me a mobile librarian. It's a lot easier to go out to a classroom or even to go help students who's sitting at the computer who's struggling if I can stand back for a second and do a few searches myself and see if there is anything available on what they're doing before I send them on a wild goose chase. And then I can come over to them and say, oh, have you seen this wonderful site? Um, and then I don't have to move, you know, stand, sit there with them and put them through a lot of directions that don't end up working out and, uh, you know, I can guide them a little better. And it allows me to be very portable. Even if I go to the classroom, you know, I can go around and answer questions without having to bump the teacher off her computer. <laughs> so, so that's a nice thing about having one yourself. Um, and, and I'm very big on librarians providing leadership in our schools because I think it's an important role we can play, including with technology. And so don't consider if you buy one, get one bought for yourself, that, oh, well, I'm just pampering myself and nobody else is getting one. You can be the on-the-ground learner for your school that's providing leadership as your school gets more iTouches, iPods, uh, iPads. By, getting, by being one of the first people to have it, you can provide a lot of leadership for your campus. And you can take a hold of that role 
and, and be knowledgeable about it before everybody else is getting on board. So that's another good reason, in my opinion, to consider it. And, and don't consider like, oh, I'm being selfish. You know, we're so used to giving things to the kids. But sometimes first we have to put the oxygen on ourselves and, and learn something ourselves so that we are more helpful to everybody else later. Uh, this is actually a uh, slide that you made. I used this not knowing you were going to be here. I mean, because I presented this somewhere else. But um, uh, these are just many of the e-text apps available, and there's more than that now. So, so there are a lot of apps available that are free. There's a lot of focus on purchased apps, but there are a lot of apps that are free that are reading apps, story apps, access to books. Um, so they're, they are out there already. Um, another way you can deliver ebooks. Any of you have Follett Destiny as your uh, library software? Okay, about a third of you. Um, Follett offers ebooks um, themselves that can integrate into your library catalog. And this is our library catalog. Um, it's assigned to the type of ebook, so students can just do a search that says the ebook, and it'll find all the ebooks. Destiny also allows you, though, if you buy an ebook from another vendor, like Gale has their reference books as ebooks, and our permit bound coming out with some, and other vendors have them, ask them if there's a marked tag for those ebooks. If there's a marked record for it, you can embed it in your catalog. So when students are searching your book catalog, they'll, when they get into the records for that book, they're going to see a link. And that link will go out to Permabound, or it'll go out to Gale, or wherever the book is. So it gives you a central place, a central clearinghouse for any ebook vendors that you go with. So if you go with Capstone and they have ebooks, you can put them in your catalog, put the link in that mark record, and then it will go out. If you ask the vendor, if you aren't sure what I'm talking about, if you ask your vendor, they will know what you mean about if there is a mark tag that will connect that ebook to your online catalog. And that's a good way, a simple way to deliver the ebook consistently to the kids. Because one of my issues in libraries is Oh my God! It's like the Anchorman video. There's all these publishers. Oh, we've got the greatest ebooks. We've got some ebooks. We're turning our products into ebooks. But there are all these different platforms, and how can you? Sometimes you can't get students even to go to your website. So how are you going to get them to go to 15 different websites for all these different ebooks? So this is one way, if you are purchasing some, to get them into your um, catalog. Um, so consider that as an, an option as you're buying ebooks. Also, if your catalog is available on the web, how many of you have your catalog available over the internet so students can use it at home? Okay, about a third of you. If you don't and your district not letting you do this, really push at your IT people to allow your web catalog to be available from home. And here's an extra reason why. One is it helps them do bibliography. You know, they can see what books you have. Teachers can look up videos they want to show from home if they're absent. But also, now you have a new reason. 
your e-books are in here, then you're letting students access books from home. And if your district doesn't allow your catalog to be displayed at home, then they're disabling kids from using all these, this e-book content that you're providing from home. So this is a good argument to bring back to your IT department about opening up the server just to allow your catalog to be available for home use for students and parents. And it's also a great way to get the kids to use it from home. Because when they're desperate, I know I work at a high school, they're desperately trying to do their bibliography or find an e-book at midnight. Um, uh, we, we looked at our statistics for our databases, and the highest you can get except about 8 or 9 o'clock is 2 in the morning. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's when our kids are doing their homework. So Gosh. they're in activities. They're, you know, out of the homework. They're taking you know, AP classes, some of them, and that's when they're doing their papers. Um, some other ones, this one we happen to have available in our district is Tumble Books. I don't know if any of you are familiar with that. Um, the e-books are embedded within their product, but uh, I was just showing some other ones that, that could be purchased. And we also have books in our district. Is Tumble Books only for elementary or It's mainly elementary. Okay. And there's True Flicks, which our elementary librarians tell me is upper elementary and it's non-fiction. True, true like F-L-I-X, and I believe it's only $300. So it's pretty inexpensive. <coughs> but that may be because we already have Can you does. do more than that one? I want a free one at the okay. PLA. And um, maybe because we already have those. Well, yeah, I have like They said it's her, but that one, true flex, is her candy. Right. Where bush flicks, you can do a number of things. Yeah. And tumble books, too. You can do the whole thing. That might be why I'm going to Tumble books is part of the DKC packaging for a lot of areas. I know it is in Area 20 where, where oxygen is. So um, the pricing may be a little better on that. Um, of course, another way you can deliver them is through your databases. Do any of you have any of the Gale databases at all? Very few of you. Okay. Gail does offer their <laughs> If you're a high school librarian, I'm sure you've some literary criticism from Gail. How many of you have some literary criticism from Gail? Okay. Um, they deliver all sorts. They're buying up all these different people. Like they're buying up opposing viewpoints. They bought up Greenhaven Press. They bought up Lucent. All these different presses, and they're turning the books into electronic books. So um, you can purchase them, and then they appear in your virtual reference library. But remember how I said you could put them in your catalog, too, as links? You can link them straight from your catalog in, into your great question. ESCO just bought Net Library. Many of you familiar with Net Library? They've been around for quite a while. Um, Net Library was a big player in ebooks eight, ten years ago. The University of Texas has a huge collection of net library books. And then um, they got sold around, basically, and ESCO just bought them about seven or eight months ago. And I looked on there because we had about 30 books on net library from eight years ago that we used, were using 
and they're still there. So you own them in perpetuity, which is pretty nice. Because I bought a lot of references, so it didn't matter. So uh, literary references don't really go out of state particularly. Um, and uh, so ESCO just bought them. Yes. So if you have ESCO, because that's the database the state has been providing, and you're staying with ESCO, uh, then that would be a, a good option if that's about their net library ebook. It's not something that's going to come up on the screen on the, of their databases. I don't even know how they're going to integrate it. I stumbled over mine accidentally. They, they're still working out the details. I don't even know what they're going to call it yet. So, um, but the rep will know what, where this, they're going with that. I talked to them a couple months ago, and they still were hashing out all the details. But that's the way to build in, because a lot of you will have ESCO, right? So I'm glad they've gotten into that that market. And it's mostly going to be reference books. And, and I don't mean like giant reference books, but, you know, nonfiction types of materials. But there's a good thing about providing those as e-books, because kids do tend to work on their research papers and projects at home. So you're providing that, the book content to them at home. So... Um, the public libraries, more so than school libraries, this is our local public library, are venturing into using OverDrive. Are mm -hmm. familiar with OverDrive? OverDrive is rather expensive for a public school, but if your school was going to go one-to-one -one computing devices, I would definitely say as a librarian that would be something you'd want to look into. The way OverDrive works is the library buys a collection, there's pretty hefty fees, and the public libraries have a consortium, so it's cheaper for them. But they buy a collection, you go to their e-library on the public library's website, and if you have an iPad, there's an app for it. Um, if you don't have an iPad or student didn't, they download the OverDrive software to their home computer, or you could download it on all the library computers or whatever, laptops. Um, and then they go to the C library and they check out a book. They put in their patron number for the library. It checks the book out to their computer for two weeks or whatever is set up. They can read it on that, that computer or iPad for two weeks and then it checks itself back in. Um, so it's a, it's a typical library-type model of delivery, so it makes a lot of sense for the libraries if you really want to get heavy into e-books. Um, the students can also, if they download it to their computer, they can pick up their Nook, their Amazon just announced the Kindle's going to be able to use it because uh, they've been a real holdout. Um, their Sony e-reader, so most their iPod, their iPod Touch, iPhone. Repeat that again, the Kindle just announced they're going to support what? Um, Overdrive. Overdrive, okay. So, so basically they can check something out to whatever it is and put it on their, their device, whatever it is. And then it checks back in. And you do get to select books. There's a fee. There's a, it's, it's sizable cost, like $4,000, $5,000. Not cheap. Okay. But if your school is really going into heavy to devices or you have a pretty good book budget and you want to do that instead of databases, then that might be, you know, an option. 
You might also just check with your local public library. A lot of your neighbors are smaller communities. Uh, our library is a small uh, public library, part of CTLS, and they, they are in a consortium. They may already have it. So at least you could show students how to use with the public libraries. Even if you can't purchase it, if they have a public library card, then they can use the e-books from the public library, and there's no reason that you can't teach them how to do that or let them know that's available to them. And so it's called overdrive. With overdrive and your basic, your basic fee, they allow you $2,000. Well, year one is $4,000. $2,000 of it, you, you pay, you, you select your books. And you get to keep those books as long as you're subscribing to them. Then the next year, it's another $4,000. You get $2,000. Mm. So your collection would be a $4,000 collection in two years. So your collection elevates as you go along. It's a sizable commitment, yeah. but definitely if your school's moving forward with technology, this is something where I would go to your business director, your IT person, your technology coordinator, explain to them what it is, how it works, that you might be interested in the future. These are the costs because they may have, well, this year, who knows what money we're having coming in, but there may be a grant and all of a sudden they need something to fill the grant. Or, um, you know, there may be federal money coming in that you could use for this. So it's something, you know, if you talk to them about it now, then if the opportunity arises for funding in the future, they're behind you, they, they know what it is, you know, they can support you on that. Um, now, there are also all sorts of free ebooks available. Project Gutenberg has been around for, I don't know, 20 years maybe. Um, and what they have been doing is digit, uh, uh, digitizing books that are out of copyright. They also have been having readers read entire books. They've been doing this for years since the Internet first started. So there's audio formats of books. They've also um, been uh, have it in all sorts of formats. So a particular book might be available in five different formats. You know, the Word document, a PDF, uh, something you can load on your iPod, on audio. Um, and they also, on a lot of the books now, have a QR code. So your students could scan this with their phone, and it would put the book on their phone. Okay. So um, it's a good site to know about, and it's the first ebook, free ebook site online. So definitely when you want to be familiar with it. Here's an example of the QR. Um, this is the International Children's Digital Library, which I mentioned. I love this site because um, I'm not on the screen that shows it, but. Um, as a librarian, you all get this joke. Um, how often do you have students come in and ask you for the big purple book? <laughs> I don't remember what the title was, but it was purple and it had a man on the cover. Um, well, this actually allows you to choose books by the color of the cover. <laughs> um, it has like little dots that go across the top of the screen, and then uh, you pick what color the cover is, and you can pick different age groups that you want to use. 
that the readers are. You can pick different languages. It's got books and languages from all over the world. Um, it's not your typical ebook in that they're scanned and they look like like the real pages of a book that was scanned. And, but it's pretty cool, even like in social studies, because you can pull up you know a Russian picture book and you can show the students you know how their their illustrations look and the style of it and you know the way the language is written on the page and you can do that for all different countries. So it's a very uh, cool website, and I don't think enough people know about it. It also has an iPad app or an iPhone iPod Touch app that's very nice, works really well. So that's definitely a site you might want to be familiar with. And that whole presentation is on my website um, that, that you have a little code for. Um, so I do have a list on this page too. We don't have time to get into a whole lot of all the different iPad book apps. And then this link, my wrap up with iPad book apps, is a, a blog post I wrote where I describe what the iBook app like. What is the Kindle app like. So it gives more details about each app and what the pluses and minuses are. So if you're interested in that, um, that link, uh, the wrap-up goes to that blog post. If you have an Android phone, there's a link to ebook apps for that. These are some websites with free online ebooks as well. And uh, they're on the site. These are other sites where you can go to get free ebooks. University of Pennsylvania site or the World Public Library. One of them has uh, adult kind of materials on there as well, so you might want to um, check those too. But uh, if you're looking for a particular book for a student, though, you can go in, find the book, get the link to that book, and then give the student the link. So it's a way to, to support your budget too, because if everyone comes in and they need Huckleberry Finn, and you've got five copies, you know, you could give every student a link to Project Gutenberg, such as a Huckleberry Pen, and then you've just given them all the book without spending a lot more money buying class sets or all of that. So it is a way in these lean economic times to um, provide for our students. So I want to know if you have any questions, and if any of you are willing to experiment, um, have any of you used graffiti before? Okay, this is a website where you can post uh, text using your phone. If anybody in here has a phone and you don't mind sending one text, I'd like you to text any questions you have, and they're going to appear on this board in a minute, and then we'll have about five, ten minutes for questions that I can answer. Um, so the way it works is, Get your phone handy if you're willing to try this out. This will really impress your students if you do this in the library. <laughs> I know some of your schools may not allow cell phones, but nobody will really know. And go to your text messaging. And then uh, you write a new message. And the message goes to Black American Idol. Message goes 
those my particular boards. And then when you get to the message box, you're going to type this at with six four 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 eight space and whatever you want to say. Okay. at with <laughs> okay I just sent that message and it just appeared up here. So um, it's a way to, this is not an ebook, but I'm just using it to detect if you have any questions, but this is a way um, that you can get feedback from students on anything you're doing or a group of teachers you're training. And it's anonymous. It assigns a weird name like mm -hmm. luminant moccasin fish. Um, <laughs> uh, and that name stays associated with that phone. Um, so if you're doing an activity with teachers or students, um, even if your cell phones aren't allowed with students, they are with teachers. Um, and it's the site that I use to do this is called withct.com, and it's very, very easy to set one up. You basically just make up the background, and then it gives you the, the screen. So. Um, our students are allowed to use cell phones in school. I mean, not it's by classroom. So if a teacher has a no cell phone sign on the door, then they don't allow them. But um, but our campus does allow them. So your AUP, your technology policy allows it. And we just this year started bringing your own technology policy. Um, and I think you know with the economy right now in Texas. You know, a lot of schools may be taking a second look at that because you can do a lot of, of things with an iPhone or a, a mobile phone that has Internet access when you can't buy enough laptops or iPads or whatever for your school. And um, so it just allows us a lot of free access to devices that we wouldn't have otherwise. So that was sort of our school's philosophy on, on allowing any questions you have? We have a few more minutes, and I just wanted to know if there are any questions. Um, I feel like I was reading an article last year sometime about ebooks. Is there a limit to how many checkouts? You know, it brought up that. that some, some had a limit to how many checkouts you have because you had to repurchase it or whatever. Remember the part of the Anchorman video that said no rules? <laughs> um, it depends on the vendor. Um, like with Overdrive, most of their books have unlimited checkout, but HarperCollins just announced that they only wanted a book to circulate 26 times. And then it dies, right? Right. So and so a lot of public libraries are really fighting that because HarperCollins is a big publisher. Um, some ebooks are simultaneous use, like the ones in the databases like EBSCO and Gale and a lot of those, those types of sites. As many kids as want to at the same time can be in those books. But some of them, like ours through Follette, that Follette 
themselves, one student at a time can read that book. It's like a physical book, and they're reading it, and no one else can read it. Okay. So that is a very important question when your vendors come around. They're like, "Oh, we have all these great eBooks. How many students can read them at a time?" Ask them that question. That doesn't mean that's going to rule out that that vendor, but that is something you want to know when you're out there touting it to your teachers. They're not going to find it very good if you have one copy of something and they need one. When you call in, because I've been battling with this before to go. The student has to have an internet like put on them and put it on the nook. So they, it goes with the nook color, so they don't advertise it. The fallet, or are you talking about the fallout shelf? Yeah. Okay. But they have to have it where they have internet accessible. They cannot be like oh, traveling. Oh, it has to be live. Okay. And that's going to be, yeah. and I didn't, they didn't tell me that right. until, of course, you have to dig really, really deep. Right, right. And know what questions And I just finally threw my hands up, and I was like, I don't want to wait for cool. Right. But then they turned around, but we're selling these products. That we're coming out with a product. So between Parabound and Flawless, they're going to be coming out with a product to use their e-books on, like, yeah, and people are where they can download that. Right, right, right. They're, they're, they're going to start selling their own readers. Yeah. probably what they're going to try to do, which, is, like I said, brings another player into the market. You know, personally, I think it's better to stay with the tried and true things, the, the ones that are commercially available because they have other uses. But um, Follett's got two weird markets going. They have e-books like what we have. You can buy and they embed in your catalog. And then they start like a side-by-side project with Follett's shelf, mm-hmm. which are e-books that are on a shelf, and you can download them. But then they have to but be live. But they're not downloadable. And those two don't talk to each other, and I have no idea why they're doing it that way. But um, so you take good suggestions like the Nook. Well, you've got the Kindle, but if you were to go back again, you would buy the Nook. I would buy Nook, but they flew out of the library, and they have been checked out all year. And some kids wanted to check them out and see if they wanted to buy them. One girl checked them out and figured out how to put her sheet music on it. We have a policy that they aren't supposed to load anything on it, um, you know, without permission. Um, but she brought it back because you can put PDF files on there and um, when you attach it to your computer it's like a a thumb drive, a flash drive you can just drag things to it so if you have a PDF document you can drag it on there well for her that she was trying out well could I put all my stuff on it you know, work, that worked great for her. So <laughs> you just treat it like you, like we check out some drives. Yeah. You just treat it like that and just erase it when it comes back. Right, and right, right. I look at it when it comes back and, and make sure that things haven't been loaded on it. And then, you know, you have to work out with your business office the whole payment part of those because you can do gift cards. Um, you know, that's a good thing you get parents to donate as gift cards for them. You can put free books on them. The free PDFs can be put onto them, so you can provide classics that way. Um, you know, there's different ways you can go about it. But they, they, the students really were pumped about it. They were really excited about it. Any other questions? Great questions y'all are asking. Um, if you're interested in information about, I have been blogging some on my blog about the uh, Kindles and Nooks and all of that, and my blog is not so distant future, but if you blog my name, it's the first thing that comes up, you'll find that. 
and then um, also Buffy Hamilton. Are any of you familiar with her work? She's a librarian in Georgia. She is the expert on the Kindle rollouts, and she has made videos like taking it out of the box, plugging it into the computer. <laughs> Here's how I put it in my, should we put it in the catalog or not? If you really want it broken down to that level and you want that kind of help, you can translate what she's saying to the Nook or some other device that she, she, and she has her permission sheet for, uh, you know, checking out. What's her Buffy Hamilton. Her blog is The Unquiet Librarian. <laughs> F-O-O-T-E. I have a few business cards up here. Um, yes. Are there any publishers that are your textbooks? That's a good question, publishers. Um, yes, the publishers are working hot and heavy, especially with iPad apps. But some of them do have some textbooks online. And actually, um, uh, Paul Wood and Cynthia are presenting a session today on, uh, they work at Bishop Dunn High School in Dallas, and they have gone to 85% electronic textbooks, and they're doing a presentation here about how they did that and what, this, what companies they're working with and everything. So if you're interested in that, they're you know, far more than I do about it. The unexpected is that we will go to electronic textbooks. I mean, there's not a doubt we will be doing it. Yes, I have been excited. Right. There are CK, CK, well, CK12. Yes. There are free online textbooks. Also, you can always pitch a database as a free online, as an online textbook. For example, Gail has a patent database called Greener. If you had a teacher teaching environmental science or environmental science AP, that database, perfect, is a perfect database to go along with the TEKS in that course. So there are databases already out there that if the teacher was willing to, you know, correlate those lessons with that database, you could... Uh, and the state has changed if the House Bill and Senate Bill 6 passed or whatever number they are right now. Um, the bill they're working on right now is to change how textbook and funding is provided to include electronic textbooks and to allow the district to designate whatever they want to spend that money on and call an electronic textbook. So this is a good time for you as a librarian to get your foot in the door and say, you know what, my database is an electronic textbook, or I know of this database we can buy that is an electronic book, basically, that would fit this particular course. So will the district pay for it out of these funds? I think in the launch it comes about electronic resources. Resources. Thank you for coming. I have a few business cards up here if you'd like one. And feel free to email me if you have more questions. I'm happy to help. Thank you. Can you welcome the comments?